0: This is a Sydney EO production.
1: Welcome to episode 27 of the Sydney EO Business Podcast. I'm Brendan Tarazzi, the host of the show, and today I'm with Owen Firth from Gradability. Hi, Owen. Good morning. Hey, Brendan. How are you? Now, so you've actually got two brands in market, Tell us a bit about GradAbility and performance education.
0: Yeah, so so our two brands are actually uh, performance education and ReadyGrad. Oh, ReadyGrad, um, yeah. I apologise. Right. So um, GradAbility is sort of like a ha- halo uh, brand, if you like, holding company. Um, GradAbility comes from graduate employability. So it sort of sets the purpose, um, our purpose, which is um, revolutionising graduate employability. So... We're really clearly positioned uh, in our space and and the revolutionising thing is is the big, bold word uh, in terms of um, what we're trying to get to. Yep. Um, And then through various brands, and there may be more in the future, Performance Education and ReadyGrad being
1: two, uh, are two vehicles through which we do that. So ReadyGrad is... A division of performance is that right or is it a separate business yeah we're
0: actually we're actually going through that at the moment where we're um, we're, we're creating them as separate businesses they've sort of gone from separate product brands to separate business units now to separate entities
1: separate ownership or is it the same shape common
0: own, ownership at the minute yep. But having separate entities gives us um, optionality gives us flexibility if we want to do joint ventures in one or the other or, or raise capital individually. The reason we did it is because they're two very distinct businesses. Um, so, if you want me to share, you know, just broadly what yeah, they both please, do, that'd so, be great. so, so, you know, you got the, the, the theme of revolutionising graduate employability is is the core. Uh, the performance education business runs a program specifically designed to help international students who are studying in Australia um, to get ready for the workplace. So, I call it, in old terms, I call it finishing school. Okay, uh, it's not technical training. It's, it's work readiness, employability training and a three-month internship um, that we provide for them, typically post-grad after they've finished an Australian accounting or IT degree. So it's specific to accounting and IT students, of which there are many. So what that program was designed to um, solve was the highly qualified cab driver problem that we have yeah. and have had for many years, which most people kind of get.
1: So I'd imagine the um, unis and... Uh, RTOs, colleges, that sort of thing would love you guys because it actually gives them practical experience on the job. Yeah, well, the, uh,
0: and, and really that's where the ready grad piece comes in. So okay. the, the performance education piece is a B2C model um, okay. and it's really about students furthering their own journey past post-grad um, so um, so
1: sorry just so I'm clear so yeah. that's an internship is it so it's a f- it's a
0: training program plus an internship gotcha um, gotcha it actually sits under the department of home affairs it's got a it's it's a it's a registered program if you like and it carries migration points so typically it's for it's for the international
1: student who wants to stay in australia I'm loving that that and, sounds like a great driver to use your service
0: Yeah look it puts it on the shopping list yeah. The good news is there are there are many ways to gain migration points. Very few of them actually turn the dial on employability. Right. So so we we started before there was that program and that incentive um, with a genuine desire to solve the problem for them and support those students because it's our third largest export, right? Yeah. So um, you know we're happily taking money off them. They're happily funding most of the university system. Um, it's a significant export for the country, yet uh, I think we were sort of selling them the great
1: Australian dream and then stopping short. Get a bit of paper, go home and it's useless. Yeah, yeah <laughs> or, or
0: get a bit of paper and stay. So before 2008, as soon as they spilled out of uni, they got permanent residency. Right. But no support around the whole kind of pre-work um, you know, honest conversations about the communication skills, the need to adapt culturally, how to go through the job search process, how are they going to get some local work experience on their own without networks, all that sort of stuff. And, and hence, it explains why we had that cab driver syndrome, and I use that just as an example that people understand. Um, they, you know, they, they had a cab job, say, whilst they were at uni, um, and they you know they tried to get an accounting job or an IT job or an engineering job bounced around in the market, no feedback, no support, settle in the job, casual job that I have. And then by you know two or three years, they've lost confidence, de- they feel their degree is old. And I had that conversation with many, many cab drivers we, Yeah, research in so, the business.
1: So just so I've got this clear in my head, the student pays performance. Yep. Performance goes out into the marketplace and finds intern opportunities mm-hmm. in which they're providing talent potentially talented labour at no cost to the employer and then it's a win win because the employer gets to try out some talent, the student gets to get some work experience and you guys get paid. Is that and, and plus they get some migration points to Stay for a bit longer. Yeah,
0: and and prior to that, there's a there's a seven month training program, right? Um, that we run before Wh- we put sli- them into which internships, which is slightly important, I guess. Really <laughs> important. Really important. So that, that's the bit that, that really um, opens their eyes to you know what's important, what's needed. We talk about communication in the workplace. We talk about cross cultural behaviour. We talk about you know it's intensive around the job search process, all that sort of stuff. I guess it
1: would be akin to an Aussie going over to India and trying to get a job, and you'd have no idea about how workplaces work over there.
0: Yeah, I mean it's an interesting analogy. Like, right, if if I was going to go and work in Germany, notwithstanding that they they speak pretty decent English, but um, you know, if I was going to make a life in Germany and a successful career, professional career in Germany. You'd be a fool not to learn, you know, fluent German yeah. and work damn hard at that. And you'd be a fool not to learn the cultural cues. It's the same sort of thing. Um, for some reason, we just we just don't um, we don't facilitate that. Coming back to the the internship component, the only thing I would change in the way you, you phrased it there is that we see. The internship, and we manage the internship as a training program in the workplace. Go oh, yeah. So the key is to make sure that it's, you know, it's legit, it's got, um, you know, learning uh, objectives that are set. We have a three-way training agreement that we, we have signed. We make it easy for the host company to engage. That's our job. Yeah. We're almost like for the host company, I mean, a host company can get their own intern, right? They can go out to market, they can put out on seek, you know, Good luck with that because you'll get knocked down in the rush and then you've got to sort it and all that sort of stuff. So if you like it, we're akin to a recruitment agency around that for the host company where we make it easy, we make sure it's legitimate, we make sure it, it, it's in keeping with fair work. And because it is a registered training program and as, as are all of our internships, it's uh, it sits outside of fair work and is, is lawfully allowed to be unpaid because it's a training program in the best classroom on the planet for mm. employability, which is the workplace.
1: So, what is There is there any disadvantage? Like, there's no cost, or
0: so there's a small. We charge a small service fee to the host company yeah. to to manage the whole process, which yeah. is under five hundred
1: bucks. Oh, that's all right. Yeah, that sounds great.
0: Most of our host companies are really happy. We've got five and a half thousand now uh, that we've worked with.
1: Wow. Yeah. Okay. And and how many um, interns would you have out at any one time? Do you think?
0: Uh, roughly about a thousand. I'd say at any one time.
1: And national?
0: Yeah, nationally. So in all the major capitals.
1: Oh, wow. It must yeah. be a huge market. Like I, how many students would be coming into Australia every year? Uh, it's around about – three.
0: well, th- there's about 300,000-odd in, in the country at present. Okay. Um, and I guess that roughly breaks down to circa 100,000 a year. I could be give or take.
1: So um, does that mean you've got 1% of the market? <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, that's a thousand at any one time. Eight, so okay. we would actually have about we would work with about across both of our businesses about eight thousand students roughly oh. a year.
1: Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So
0: yeah. so that's having an impact. But but you know we're looking to grow that quite significantly. Yeah. Um, I think the interesting thing about the internship space is when we started um, when we start getting into internships quite um, significantly about seven eight years ago. Uh, it really wasn't a thing in Australia. So it's a, was it was, and to some extent still is, a very mature market here. Whereas somewhere like the States, it's you know, 97% of all companies will take at least one intern on average.
1: And I know they're big on it in Europe as well. Like Aussies just hate the idea of having to work for free, don't they? I mean, we don't even like working. <laughs> <laughs> really we're always having public holidays and uh, you i know. think Present club company excluded oh, of, course. But yes. so of course eo is excluded of course but i'm just saying <laughs> as a general society i mean i've really noticed that you know like oh it's december 1st christmas time pretty much i will come back to work in february or you know it's easter and april school holidays or april's a write-off etc yeah. <laughs> etc et you know
0: it's i know we digress but one of the one of the things that's difficult to explain to international students is the Australian business culture. And it's one of the things that we do because it's a bit of a misnomer in many ways. And and so I don't know if I entirely agree with your comment because what we teach is that whilst we look like a fairly relaxed, you know, cruisy um, culture... And so, so you could be fooled to thinking that when you come to work in Australia, it's kind of a bit feet up on the desk, it's quite social, that sort of stuff. I've certainly seen studies that say we, we work longer hours than, than many other countries. Okay. Um, the so, quiet achievers. Yeah, I, well, I think <laughs> it's just trying to unpack, you know, we, we're casual, we have a laugh in the workplace, we're not super formal. But in, in many um, organisations and, I, you know, in my experience most, we work hard, yeah. Um, so, so it's kind of an interesting dichotomy. Um, so, I wanted to just come back to the internship thing because it's a really interesting journey. So, we we uh, we were having in the early days, every conversation with a with a with an employer was kind of like, "What is this? Like, ha- how does this work?" Um, and even though, say, account- large accounting firms and so on were running their summer intern programs for a long time, it was very specific, very elite, very small.
1: Um, and, and they want local students, do they, as opposed oh, 100%. to... 100%. Yeah. So there
0: was no engagement with international students. And so um, this this pool of international students, with some, there's some amazing talent in there. Absolutely mm. incredible. And, you know, they've come on a big journey to get here as well. Um, and, and unpacking some really interesting values that, that... This is one of the really interesting things, right? You know, everyone, every employer complains about the whole Gen Y, millennial want, 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 you know, what happened to just being grateful for having a job, etc. Yep. right? All yep. that rhetoric stuff. Um, one of the interesting things we're finding with our international students, so we've placed about now 20, we've been over 20,000 international students that we've placed into internships in Australia. So a significant number. And between about a third and 46%, it varies each year, are getting paid job offers with their with their host company. Okay. Which was astounding because there is no job, right? It's not going into a job, it's going into a training situation. Um, so typically there's no vacancy to start with. There's certainly no impost on the host company to to hire. That's not the gig. So you have them for twelve weeks, you you know, you, you help support them and develop them and give them real stuff to do. Uh, we help you with that. But um, other than that, you've got zero obligation. Mm. So we were really astounded, especially given that we knew these um, students had challenges and we knew the students um, often wouldn't get in the front door of, say, a graduate program that kind of really sifted them out and often sifted them out down to finding, you know, domestic students. Um, and and so, so then why is there such a high rate of uptake of saying, we want to keep this person on and we want to pay them? And one of the things that we found was um, that they were um, experiencing a different different cultures. So, so the whole Gen Y thing is kind of like a, a Western concept, right? It's a, it's the spoiled kids' syndrome. So, a lot of these kids, not all of them, but a lot of these international students, grew up in households where they're heavily influenced by older school values, which is work hard, focus, respect. Um, and those sorts of values, which uh, you know, be keen to learn, um, that they are really interesting to a lot of employees. They come with their pointy bits, right? You have yeah. to you have to get them to speak up more. Um, you know, there's a lot of hierarchical thinking and so on. But um, I think it's been refreshing for some employers, and they've gone, "Wow, someone's and
1: so keen and so fired up," and, and they've got a bit of talent, and they get the work done. There's no complaints. It's, 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 it's uh, it is
0: it is you know you hate to say it, it's a win win, but it, it seems to work really positively, and it's a great way for them to get connected and, and employers to get to experience it for a, for a low low risk.
1: Do they get paid the same?
0: Uh, once they're once they're employed, yeah, yeah they, they have pretty to mu- yeah, pretty much the award or whatever. Oh yeah, yep. just just normal kind of rates, you know, graduate rates, temp rates. They might be picked up on a three month contract or something like that.
1: Yep. No, it sounds great.
0: So I didn't talk about the ready grad side of the business. So performance education is all about the, the working with international students over that program. Ready grad works um, then sort of coming back to your earlier comment, working with um, universities and educators. So educational institutions where they wish to lift the employability of of their graduates and so so this
1: is a local market as opposed to an international market
0: correct could be both could be either or yeah could be absolutely either or because it's just what you know what what the cohorts are at the particular university partner or faculty that we're working with so um often we'll work with say a business faculty And uh, they will have a, and they've had an increasing agenda to to do more about employability. So I think once upon a time it was all about technical training, give you a technical degree, here's your piece of paper, off you trot. Um, I think it's it's come of age in the last, realistically, only about the last five years, where it's now in strategic plans of vice chancellors and stuff that graduate employability, graduate outcomes, Employment outcomes is really significant part of the strategy. Um, I think a lot of a lot are still grappling with how are they going to do that and, and in what way. Um, so we we are there to partner with them to help deliver internships, um, which they typically don't have access to the host companies.
1: And so, how would that work? Say, you know, I've got a son at, at uni. He's does he work for free in the internship? Is it a similar kind of model? And we don't say work for free. Okay. He, gets,
0: he gets to do a training program right. in, in the workplace. Yep. Um, as opposed to sitting in a, in a lecture theatre or, a, or a dull classroom, perhaps listening to a tutor who hasn't been in the workplace. Yeah. And then with no criticism of the tutor, because the tutor's role is about, is about you know, helping them with technical capability.
1: I don't actually have a son at university, but we often do have the conversation is, you know, when he does go to, when they do go to university, Mm. will it still be a valid form of education? That's another big question. I'm thinking that that's why the unis are... ...jumping onto this job outcomes thing because long-term, if they're not getting the job outcomes, well, no reason to go to uni.
0: I mean, that's 100%. So, so you know, they're all talking about ROI um, and students have woken up to it. You know, employers are demanding it. The government's now looking at tying a lot of, if not all, probably a lot of the university funding to employment outcomes... And, and student outcomes and strangely that hasn't been the case. A lot of it's tied to research. Mm. Um, or
1: all the prestige of saying I'm going to this, that or uni and I've got a degree.
0: Yeah, which I just don't think holds water anymore and yeah. I don't think it's yeah. it's change, It's even changing in the employer's mind um, as to w- w- do I want substance or form? Yeah,
1: um, probably so. need a bit of both really. Maybe, <laughs> depends on the person. I think, yeah,
0: and 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 the form of well, you know, this is a a graduate from this particular uni. Um, just I don't think holds uh, as the number one anymore. Mm.
1: Did you go to uni? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Undergraduate, postgraduate.
0: Yeah, I did I did undergrad economics at um, Macquarie. Yep. And I did an MBA at um, the AGSM. at okay. SW.
1: Yep. Cool. Mm. And which was more valuable for you? Oh, the at uh, the MBA, yeah, <laughs> hands yeah. down.
0: I mean, I, the, the the undergraduate was a means to an end. I did I, I majored in accounting and finance and ended up starting life as an accountant. Which yep. which was you know if I'd ever done a basic disc profile back then, would have been the worst thing <laughs> to choose for me. But he, here we are, yeah. um, and. Uh, but the so so that was just a means to an end, you know, ticket to the game. I did the MBA when I was working. I was still in finance, but inside an entrepreneurial IT business, yeah. Um, fast growth, you know, super interesting. And I spent more time poking around in marketing and yep. other parts of the business than I did in my own patch. Um, yeah, I was able to do that. Um, but that's when I, you know, that's when it really came to life for me.
1: And great, great skills to running a business, really, isn't it? Knowing a little bit about lots of different areas and then combining it all. Yeah. And,
0: and I was hungry too and I think that gave me... Um, that MBA was very face-to-face, it was very hands-on, it was very um, up-to-the-minute. Um, it gave me, you know, frameworks, I hate that word, but it gave me yeah. some theory to wrap around what I was learning sort of on the fly. Um,
1: well, this goes back to my point of, you know, needing the practical skills plus a bit of form to to tie it all together.
0: Yeah, and I, I, and I think I got to that. And I started my first business um, in the middle of the MBA. We okay. do say that yeah. happens, right? Yeah,
1: right. Um, it that definitely definitely brings about change, the, those yeah. post, postgraduate programs. I think there's some real stats on that. Yeah, cool. And so um, we're, we're not too far off wrapping up, but I wanted to ask you, so how do you source all of those students? Like, do you have to use partners in... The countries that your students are coming from, or I mean, because I'd imagine it must be tricky to communicate to them.
0: Well, all of in
1: in the sense to reach them.
0: Yeah, because we're downstream, if you like. All of our students are already here in Australia, so Ah, um, it is, uh, say, the universities and others that recruit the students offshore to get them to come to Australia. Got you. Um, We work with them post grad, or we're working with the university itself whilst the students are going through. Yeah, or we're working with students direct. Um, after they graduate or in their last year, where they're not getting an internship from their organisation from from their university,
1: and so the unis are, I guess, referring them on to performance education or ready grad as a way of the finishing school, as you say. Um,
0: y- not as much as we'd like. Yeah, um, it's more that works more where we're actually partnering with the uni Got form- formally, yep. and delivering a bunch of different services to them to help raise employability. Um, I think the the students tend to... Well, a lot of the students for the performance education side, the international students, um, come to us via um, migration agents in Australia.
1: Got it. So are you partnering with migration agents? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Got it. Got it. So they're
0: already talking to them about, you know, how do I stay? What do I do from
1: here? I've got my degree. What's next? So just a little bit of a technical question. Does that mean that you're a... Because you are a registered training organisation, right? Or maybe you've got one one subject online. Just do you have to be a CriCos uh, RTO to, to CriCos being one that accepts international students? Um,
0: for our particular program, no, because uh, they're actually doing it while they're on a thing called a graduate visa. Got yeah. So once okay. they finish their degree, they go on to a two-year visa okay. where they're allowed to kind of do anything. Yep. Um, this is just something that helps them on their journey. excellent.
1: All right. Well, um, I've just got five short questions for you. Um, how old are you? I just turned 50. 50. And uh, what do you like to do to
0: keep fit? Uh, I have a, I, at the moment, personal trainer. Yep. Uh, so I do that. You are a personal trainer? No, no. Right? no God, no. <laughs> Nowhere near that. But uh, no, I, have, I PT three times a week at the moment. Oh, two, good for two or you. three times a week and then I try
1: and squeeze in a game of golf on the weekend. Excellent. Um, how many hours sleep are you getting every night?
0: I'm pretty good with sleep. If I get seven yep i'm good Yep. um if i get less i'm a bit ratty and i don't really need more so i tend to i'm yep. pretty regulated i i yep. do that's ten. the
1: that's the accountant in you yeah, so you can maybe c-
0: there is something <laughs> in there i'd like to yeah the, it's discipline um i do like 10 this sounds a bit anal but ten fifteen to to five fifteen. right and i go yeah. go to the gym yep. at five fifteen. if
1: that's working for you yeah so you keep going um <laughs> Uh, do you have any personal achievements you're looking to achieve in the next twelve months? Um, personal achievements, as opposed to business. That's the
0: next question. Uh, <laughs> good, good, EO, uh, yeah. all, all, all rounder. Um, so, on the personal front, I just, uh, I just got engaged. Oh, congratulations! Yeah. So, um, t- next twelve months will be a wedding, I guess. Wow. Um, so we're uh, my partner Kate and I are both second time around. Yep. Um, so, and we've, but we've been together for like twelve years. Ah, oh, lovely. So, uh, plenty,
1: we've had plenty of time to get to know one another. Yep, yep. Excellent. Uh, and then, if you could be remembered for one uh, thing in business, what do you think that might be? Hmm. Uh, look, I'll, I'll go with you know what
0: we're what we're all about now and what we've what I've been about for the last twelve years, which is. Really making a difference to this graduate employability piece. You know, I I think we spend a ton of time, however, we get there. um, We spend a ton of time at uni, you know, parents spend a ton of money, whether they're for international students or domestic students. You're making one of the biggest choices of your life how do I get started in education? And I think, like, you know, to your point, I think the models are all being challenged. So, I would like to be remembered as someone who played a part in actually turning the dial. Um, And there's more... I've got more business ideas in that space to come that will allow us to to reach more students. Because I think to turn the dial, you've got to have
1: a volume impact. Yeah, absolutely. And so um, if the EOers and listeners are interested in, I don't know, getting an in- intern into their business, how can they get in contact with you, Owen, or, um, or with your business? Yeah.
0: So um, if they go to um, uh, either our websites for Ready Grad or Performance Education, um, you can contact me through EO and I'll connect you with the right people. We do have quite a number of – not that I spruik it, but we have yeah. a number of EOs who – do take uh, our interns. Um, So it works well in SMEs um, because the students get to work closely with smart people. Yeah, yeah. IT, accounting and some other areas as well now that we're expanding into.
1: Excellent. Thanks for coming on the
0: show today. Absolute pleasure. Thanks, Brendan.